This our show, and we talk about everything, and we talk about everything. Royal Flex, the brand's own introspective insight right now. Peace, love, and all that good stuff. I am King Devdo. <laughs> and who are you? Who are you on my show? Hannah Clutchness. Hannah Clutchness is back on the show, filling in for Shannon with the shenanigans because he has some things he, he had to do that he had to do. I can't talk. Oh, I remember when I made this. It was in <laughs> camp. Lovely. So, the word of the show, if y'all didn't know, I was looking at my little catchy cone that I made with the African, Pan-African colors and African colors with all my stuff. It's dope. But anyways, y'all already know, quarter of the show. The quarter of the show for this week is The Roots of Education Are Bitter, But the Fruit is Sweet by Aristotle. And I love that quote. I just love the quote. I love the quote. It was dope. And it goes with what we're about to discuss and talk about today. And then the word of the show is fragile. Everybody know what fragile is, but it's a third meaning to it. Um, I actually chose the third definition because it goes to, again, what we're talking about today. Um, and that simply is lacking in subst- substance or force or flimsy. Again, fragile is lacking in substance or force. It's flimsy. Um, and it goes with the topic today, which is black identity extremists. That is a thing, guys. That is a thing. The FBI counterterrorism unit created it. Created it. <laughs> That's what they did. They created it. I know this is off topic like a motherfucker, so I ain't going to expound on it. But Oh, I ain't even. I wasn't ready for that. And it was real loud in my headphones. But I know this is off topic, but it's not even a real off topic. This is like an announcement because I finally know what my first um, event for the brand is going to be besides this is a project but i'm talking about like an actual actual event for the brand um i was brainstorming it today with my sis shout out to shout out to i can't talk today shout out shout out to alex delancy <laughs> if y'all don't know go go to alexdelancy.com and you know check check her out but we was brainstorming today before I started before I came to record the show. And I was kinda Hannah, I was holding her up because she was ready. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. Yep, and then and you had to wait. I for was me. on the east and then she told me she was about to eat and then she ain't even eat. <laughs> I had a Reese's cup. Boy, a Reese's cup ain't nothing. <laughs> my and then dinner. I, then you're gonna say you hungry. You better eat before you go to sleep. I had veggie straws. You too. know what happened when you don't eat before you go to sleep? What? And you go to sleep hungry. What? Your body still got to feed on something. So you know what the first thing they feed on? Fat? <laughs> no, your muscles. I know. Yeah, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see your sound waves. Are you going to do that every time? They still not big enough. You got to speak louder. Like you got to You see my sound waves compared to your sound waves? This is just not Anyways, I know that's off topic. Oh yeah, we in the off topic segment. But anyways, so my off to- so the event that um I'm talking about we're going to actually, we're, we're going to plan, and this is the debut promotion of it, I guess. Uh, we're going to plan a Kwanzaa celebration for the end of the year. And it's going to be an annual Kwanzaa celebration. And 
we hope for it to be grow big so hopefully we can get into a venue and we have people come and we can have you know celebrate the seven days and then um you know correspond and we can have a big feast on the sixth day because that's when you have the feast um and just you know do something that corresponds to the day the meaning of the day each day so all seven days um but if not we just have a little thing at um her house i guess uh that she just bought whoop whoop uh and just you know kind of start the conversation start the movement start the annual process and then we'll just grow each year so then we'll have a year to plan for next year's um 2018 kwanzaa celebration uh but that's going to be our first event that we're going to hold yearly and it's going to happen so that's why i'm talking about it now it's going to happen it's just we don't know how big or small it's going to be but nonetheless, it's still going to happen. We're still going to celebrate Kwanzaa the, all seven days. We're going to have the Kanara. Um, we're going to have the Unity Cup. We're going to have the mat. We're going to have the candles. We're going to light them every day. We're going to celebrate all seven days of the Nguzo Saba at the end of December, at the end of the year. December 26th through the first of the year, January. And we're going to just, we're going to be turned. We're going to be hyped. We hype. We're gonna bring all of the culture to somebody's house or somebody's life, and it's gonna be great and it's gonna be dope. And that's what we do because we are black identity extremists. I'll have my people come. You have your people come, and you bring your people. Everybody's invited. I want every everybody. I want everybody to know. You know, cultural education, <laughs> not appropriation, because we don't appropriate. We educate. I love it. We don't appropriate. We educate. I'm quoting myself on that one, and I'm gonna put it on, you know, everything. I guess I'm gonna just use this as announcements because it's not. It's off topic, but it's really not off topic. It's announcements. Um, and then we kind of. I think we're gonna redo the website. We're gonna put it under construction, and um, make it more websitey and less one pagey. Just made more clickety. <laughs> yeah, more clickety instead of more less slidey. Hmm. If you described the i wish people websites. could see what you were doing with your hands i know i i can't <laughs> wait for the visuals then we can they can actually watch me while i'm doing all the clickety and the slideies and stuff like that because it's a one pager right now it don't need to be a one pager right now i needs to be a clickety site where you have the home page and then you can click to the different sites and when we send out our proposal um for partnership and or sponsorship for the show and then the brand a partnership for the brand sponsorship for the show um Oh, I just created something that's going in my mind. But anyways, once we send out that, um, I'm going to have a sponsorship page or par- sponsorship slash partnership page in which their logo will be on there. And it's going to be a hyperlink. So you can click the logo and it can go to their website and stuff like that. So I'm working on that. But also just know that the Kwanzaa, Ce- the Royal Flex, the brand Kwanzaa celebration will be held. The first annual will be held. December 26, 2017 through January 1st, 2018. Be there or be square. Because if you ain't there, you are a square. That's what it is. So we're going to get right into the, the um, topic of the show, which is black identity extremists. Now, you might ask what a black identity extremist is. Well, what is a what you you read the article, right? Well, some of it, most of it, kind of it. What you read? <laughs> mostly just the first one actually mostly just the first one yeah, okay so I, I skimmed the second one out of what you skimmed 
what do you what do you get from well what is a black identity extremist in your own words you don't know <laughs> you know what it's funny because i don't know either i don't know what like i mean black identity extremist is well let's Google go it. and let's see because i don't what so the counter for you guys that don't know the counterterrorism unit of the fbi created the bie or the black identity extremist movement i guess and they called it a movement but i don't know how it's a movement when we don't know who created it who's the founder and what the movement is about now i would assume that the movement is about so i'm gonna read this the fbi assesses it it is wait <laughs> the fbi assesses it is very likely black identity extremists uh, perceptions of police brutality against african-americans spurred an increase in premeditated um lethal violence against law enforcement and will very likely serve as justification for such violence so i'm guessing that people who attack the police black people who attack the police is a black identity extremist but i'm kind of sh- trying to sh- i'm struggling with the identity portion of it like black identity extremists i'm not even gonna <laughs> acknowledge the extremist word at all um but the black identity part is like the part that really gets me because if i identify as black that makes me an extremist or if i identify as black and i talk against or i'm opposed to police brutality then i am a black identity extremist so if i i won't even say promote um police um not police brutality but the um retaliation to the police so whatever happens in retaliation of police brutality so i'm talking about the riots um throwing things at the police blah 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 there are people out there that actually praise that simply because we're kind of standing up for what we believe or what they believe and what's been going on so with that is that like a accurate like outlook on it because i don't know it's it's this is it's a weird thing to actually come up with something um such as a black identity extremist but be so vague on what it really is can you find it anywhere else like on google or anything or did you just look at the one article well no i got the article so if you go and type in black identity extremist on google that's what it is that's what i mean it's some scholarly uh, scholarly articles on black identity Mm -hmm. extremists but i'm not gonna sit here and read a scholarly article right now (laughs) um i barely got through this one but really it's just talking about um from what it appears to me it's just like everything is new when it comes to black identity extremists but i just feel like they're trying to pin a name or or label black people that's against police brutality and black people that will retaliate against police brutality so for example the dallas shootings whoever that guy was if he was black if he really was there um shooting in dallas right after one of the killings uh you remember that nope wow (laughs) okay so in dallas there was a sniper he 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 was reported to be black ex-military and he was basically shooting cops it was a 
Black Lives Matter protests. Wait, when did that happen? It was a minute ago. It was, I think it was this year. But it was, no, it was either this year or last year. Like, the latter half of last year. But after, it was after some killing or some verdict in a trial or whatever the case. Black, the black, I about to say black identity extremists. <laughs> the um, Black Lives Matter movement, they basically marched in Dallas. It was a peaceful protest. They was marching in Dallas. And out of nowhere, somebody started shooting. They had a sniper rifle. He was shooting the cops. He wasn't shooting nobody else. Mm -hmm. And they labeled him as a Black Lives Matter person against the police, blah, 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 blah. So I'm thinking, well, maybe that type of person that made that decision that they can label as a black person. Because we don't really know because they sent the robot up there, exploding them, and that was that. But he was talking about they had a conversation before they blew blew him up to smithereens and there was nothing left. I think it was nothing left. <laughs> but the point is, maybe he's a black identity extremist in which he goes out and literally tries to kill the cops and he's being black. But I don't know. It's like it's a weird, weird, weird. I When I first heard of it, I'm like, black identity extremist. Do you think maybe it's because they're like... I don't know if you break it down, going to extremes to, like, protect their identity. But what identity are they trying to protect, though? That's where I'm struggling Well, like, with. if the police brutality is against them and they're black, then, I don't know. Like, do you get what I'm trying to say? No. Expound um, a little bit. So... I guess the identity that they have is black and if they're at the cops are attacking their identity they're going to extreme measures to attack the cops mm. no because it hasn't been any um really extreme measures to attack the cops from black people in general the only time black people attack the cops for the most part is after the cops have attacked them in some way, shape, or form. I just meant in like that situation. Well, he was just a he was just a separate person. Like he just so happened to be in Dallas and he planned to kill police. That's it. And they said that's what he said before they went up and took the robot up there and bloomed to smithereens. Oh. So I'm just trying to I'm trying to label somebody a black identity extremist, but it's hard because um <clears throat> there's no real definition on what a black identity extremist is um and all it is like literally this article is a lot of the quotes from the fbi is talking about police shootings of african americans and then uh legal proceedings will continue to serve as drivers for violence against legal uh, against law enforcement so violence against law enforcement so i'm just like Okay, so they're they are grouping together Black Panthers, Black Nationalists, and um, the Wichita Wichita Nation Security. I'm like reading this and kind of talking about it at the same time. Um, trying to figure out what it is because the Black Panthers was not an extremist group. People don't understand that they were using their Second Amendment rights to bear arms and. They were just saying, okay, well, if you're going to come into our, everybody know about, um, everybody should be educated on what the Black Panthers 
really was and what the United States painted them to be. Um, they didn't walk around uh, the South with guns trying to looking to kill the police. They walked around with guns in order to protect their people from police brutality and police killings and everything like that. So if they're going to use group black identity extremists with the Black Panthers and black nationalists, it's like they're just trying to me. They're finding uh, they're sugarcoating or they're trying to dilute um, what it means to be a white, a white supremacist, a white extremist, basically a domestic terrorist. Because most all directed domestic terrorists have have been white. The most extreme domestic. So the, the most extreme um, attacks on like U.S. The, soil, soil. Like the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Like yep. Vegas, that's the most recent one, has yep. been at the hands of a white person. But we don't see any white identity extremists. We don't see any white extremists, period. We don't see any white terrorists. We see troubled and mentally ill men. <laughs> that's true. So I'm, So this leads me to like the second half or the second portion of the, the other article, basically, in which why we chose fragile to be the word of the show, um, which was... Uh, lacking in substance or force and we have this thing of white fragility um in which a white journalist wrote an article on white fragility um in which it he talked about what white fragility is uh and this sugar-coated language that white people use in order to um soothe over and iron out wrinkles of their truth, their reality, their historic truth, and their historic reality, as well as their present truth and reality. And let me, let me, I want to read off some quotes that I kind of took down when I was reading the article. Um, so basically, the first one, it says, scholars of color have been writing about the nuances of privilege and oppression for a long, long time. While while watching white people invent different ways to either wiggle out of, dominate, or shut down the conversation. And what this is alluding to is just any conversation about that will make them uncomfortable. It's if you I always use this example um when I'm talking about education. So if we're in the city school district uh and if you continuously bring in white speakers to speak on how to manage our youth within a city school district that is serving that is a dis um basically it's um not serving our youth to our the, our full capacity to serve in which to serve them we're actually underserving them by allowing um a white dominant uh training base um, in which this training base is supposed to help us uh, manage and basically teach our youth that's from the inner cities. So what this means is how can you bring what I need to me and apply it to the inner cities when you never work with inner city youth or you don't know what inner city youth go through on a day-to-day basis. You only know what you're told. Or what you you only know what it is that you say 
or do or kind of see on accident i want to say and my perfect example was like we had a trauma-informed care training uh before this year for quad a quad a is after school program if you don't know quad a for kids and it was a white speaker now i'm not shunning or throwing down white speakers um or white presenters or anything like that but when we're talking about trauma i know we can find somebody that is black that is trained to talk about trauma-informed care um and the only reason why i i stress this is because when we're talking about trauma in youth and even if you can find somebody to pair off with the white speaker so if you have a white speaker that's let's say they're very they've been in the field for tens of thousands of years <laughs> <laughs> and they know a lot about it so there's no way around kind of like this is our master trainer whatever you want to label it but then you have that minority trainer whether it's a hispanic black i don't know asian whatever the case like anybody that comes from that minority i won't say asian i won't say asian but like mainly black i'm just gonna keep it black and white because that's the easiest way to put it maybe hispanic because it's a lot of hispanics in the city school district and i'm just speaking about the rochester city school district but what i'm saying is they cannot act they can't connect with the youth the trauma that our youth in the black community deal with on a day-to-day basis they can talk about it but they cannot connect with it they cannot they cannot i said connect already they cannot connect with it um and that's important because when you are teaching trauma to a majority black audience a more majority black workforce or um what is it work yeah workforce yeah. right yeah. workforce yeah. it's something else going in my head like <laughs> i i have i had a word but it just didn't it didn't come out so i said workforce again just like the whatever the other one so what i'm saying is if you are you're talking to all black people but you're white and you're trying to tell us how to handle trauma what trauma that you might see or um i don't know just everything that have to do with trauma that sits that don't sit well with me only because they don't know like the best example i can think of was at the thing they she had an example of suicide yes it was a suicide example for the and she played a video that was on youtube from like i think pittsburgh it was pittsburgh or around the equator something like that white school a white school district white school suburban blah 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 they the things that they were writing down that they were basically that they were saying they experienced bullying they was talking about a whole bunch of stuff that do not apply to the inner city youth because they they are talking about more so like they saying i'm fat they saying that it was almost like some things i can possibly translate over into the city but when we're talking about when we're talking about trauma within the city we're talking about kids that's in first grade but they're trying to um they have to act as if they're they're an adult they have to act as if they're um a parent and then they carry they carry all that weight with them as they're going through grade school 
trying to learn their ABCs, but they got to make sure they're up to get their little sister, you know, get them, make sure they're on the bus with them, make sure all this stuff there. They have the trauma in the inner cities. It range from real life situations. Not that she said my hair is <laughs> blue, but it's really green. Like little things like that. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying. Um, I'm not even talking down to, uh, about, that stuff that goes on in in the suburban community but when you come to the city and you talk about things like trauma or athletics when you talk about like that active piece to um how we implement all that stuff into um you know with our youth i think we should have more speakers that look like us that can connect with us and also understand what our youth go through on a day-to-day basis um even like uh historical trauma too yes like we uh post-traumatic slave syndrome yeah that's something because um it's crazy when you were saying all that i was thinking i had a black professor teaching me a trauma class Mm -hmm. so like it was kind of the opposite which helped me kind of I mean I can never relate but like to kind of understand because she was telling us from her viewpoint so in that sense what did do you think that a white professor could have relayed the same message to you no and because like she talks about she talked a lot about like her worries of her daughter being like Native American and um african-american which is a common mix yeah historically she talked a lot about that and told us about the things that she went through and then even taught us about like statistics of rochester and like the actual problems that there are but it was just kind of cool because we actually had someone who knew what they were talking about to teach us to go into a field in that population and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So when we're talking about white fragility, they make the idea of trauma fragile. And I mean it by it, it, it lacks the force. Like they're talking about trauma, but they don't they lack the force in which the trauma actually comes. Like I'm a crisis intervention specialist in the city school district. So I'm speaking from experience. Now, the trauma isn't just from the black students, so don't get it wrong. It's from all the students. Like, I have a white second grader coming to me and venting to me saying he's so frustrated and literally frustrated. <sighs> and he's because he's dealing with his mom and dad fighting at home and, and all this different stuff and his little one-year-old spitting on him and, I mean, 11-month-old, I'm sorry. <laughs> and... um. Like, all this different stuff that he shouldn't have to worry about. Like, he's a little second grader. I remember when I was in second grade, I was trying to be a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) but he literally came to me. He's, like, frustrated. He's, like, everything's going on. And I'm, like, well, when you get in trouble in class, like, is that a way? Is you getting in trouble in class, is it, like, kind of building up, putting on top of the frustration you have from home? And he's, like, yeah. So, just little things like that that is an inner city trauma 
that's that's trauma right there that's mm-hmm. inner city trauma because he doesn't understand like the only thing that he can say to me and the other social workers in the school is is um i just don't know what to do with all this stuff like i don't know what to do with it it's here it's like I'm, it's on my plate it's on my lap i deal with it every every day i deal with all this stuff and i just don't know what to do with it like that's all he's saying like and it's a lot like literally it's almost like i was like he's just venting he's just literally just venting to me and i asked him a few questions and he's just venting and venting and venting because he has a lot on his shoulders on his chest and for a second grader that's a lot yeah that's a lot for a second grader but the thing is when i went through this trauma-informed uh care they didn't talk about that they were just talking about signs of trauma the very bookmark stuff the very textbooky stuff that's what we learn in psychology classes <laughs> yeah like the things that you sit down in a, in a training and you learn this is trauma this is the um signs of trauma they're like obvious stuff that people should know mm-hmm. anyway and that's the problem i have with well not problem that's what white fragility is they they make it so fragile so they take away the personal aspect of whatever it is that they're doing talking about and it's not it's not nothing bad it's just natural because they haven't experienced it they haven't experienced the inner city struggles like we all did not all of them some did some have Mm -hmm. but not everybody not every white person every black person has has experienced some type of struggle in the inner city because one we're black one we're underprivileged another i said one twice one we're black (laughs) two we're underprivileged three um we're already at a disadvantage being the color of our skin that's historically so it's just mm, 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 mm. it's just like i don't know it's the fragility portion of it is is crazy and that's really what it is you have these black scholars going back to the quote that i said you have these black scholars writing about the nuances of privilege and oppression but you have these white people um who the white scholars some white scholars not all but you have white people um in a general sense kind of taking those nuances and and turning them into something that's lesser than what they really are instead of embracing those nuances and um basically kind of building on that already created idea or discussion or conversation or whatever the case and that's what white fragility is it's just basically you taking the force out of it and you taking the substance out of it and you're making it very flimsy it's just like it's here but it's just wobbling in the in hands. the air like it's here but it's not <laughs> it's not here like it's not at a a point of um importance but ah uh, white fragility i'm a we're gonna dig deeper into that because i want your input on your experiences with white fragility and um after the break i want you i want more i want you to talk more oh, i want no, us I, to I have like that. a conversation like <laughs> but we're we gonna talk we're gonna have more of a conversation when we get back because you on the show and that's what you do but as y'all know this is roy flex brand's introspective insight talk show and we'll be back after the break bring another set of the ears for the next the second half of the show introspective insight is brought to you by royal flex the brand where we empower through creativity 
And if you have the time, you do have the time because you're listening to the show. And this is the break. So head on over to social media. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram at Royal Flex the Brand. On Twitter, it is at RFTB underscore official and also II Talk Show. There's not a lot of content on our pages right now, but once we start to get um, our video specialist in here and we start to get the visuals and I finish doing the stew, renovating the stew, then we will have visuals to put up and actively promote the different things that we're working on. So please just go head on over there, like our pages, and just stay tuned for visuals and all the good stuff. Also, we have a UCARIN account. So if you care about what we're doing and you want to help um, basically raise the bar as to what we're trying to accomplish, please head over to UCARIN.com slash insight and just donate anything you can donate a dollar you can donate two dollars if you donate it you become um a sponsor and we will actively shout you out every week on the show or every other week however you know we see fit so please if you care about what we're doing just head over to you caring account uh to our you caring account uh our fundraiser and just donate some funds for us so we can get out this basement but without further ado just stay tuned and we'll be back in a few minutes and we're back and i just told hannah that she's gonna be talking because i'm not gonna just sit here and be talking and you're not talking like i'm talking to the brick wall behind you yes it is a brick wall behind you and it got a little white strip i did that i did that why because it was like it was shelves in this room but I took them all down. But I painted it when they were shelves up still. Because I ain't get that far yet. But then I took them down and it was like, oh, yeah, I painted that like that. But I like it. It's like, it give it character. It give it character. But are you going to paint the rest? Or? No. Hmm. I want, hopefully, we're going to have some partners and then we're going to get, oh, oh. We're going to have some partners and then we're going to get, um, you know, our own studio space. So then we can actually do the whole studio with the whole pan-african vibe and everything like that it's gonna be dope with the pan-african flags for the uh for the mics and everything it's gonna be dope but so soon 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 because y'all gonna come and y'all gonna give us some moolah i mean y'all not gonna give us moolah but you know you're gonna help us grow and become better and do better and be better and influence the nations and the worlds y'all already know so White fragility. We're going to have Hannah. And Hannah's going to speak more in the second half of the show. Because we got more ears. I'm trying to figure this out. Figure what out? The, the mic still? You still <laughs> fighting with the mic? Or are you trying to pull it or what? What's going on? I want to tilt it. You want to tilt it? It's not. It's You know, just, just speak into it. Just pull it towards you or something. Because it's not going to really tilt much. It's going to be this right here. That. It's in the back. You know, you kind of. Yeah, I'm helping her with the mic, guys. It's okay. <laughs> but while she messed with the mic a little bit, it's this right here. Yeah, and it's going to tilt. You got to loosen it a little bit. Righty tighty, lefty loosey. Y'all, <laughs> y'all just learned something. Righty tighty, lefty loosey. So white fragility. I got another. I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what white fragility is. Um, so white fragility, fragility is the thing that, restricts our knowledge shuts down conversations before they start and invite us to lie to ourselves and um i thought that was interesting because that's really what it is like when you talk about racism 
or you talk about um, police brutality, or you talk about, I don't know, crime rates. You talk about black on black crime. You talk about white on white crime. Um, crime in general. You talk about anything that has some type of truth to a white anybody in power because most people in power are white. So when you talk about that to them, you often get that um, response that either kind of pushes the conversation aside or you jump around the conversation or you shut it down completely. So, oh yeah, or you just invite the lie to yourself. You just lie. Like, <laughs> lie about it. Like, oh, oh, slavery wasn't real. Oh, slavery wasn't true. Oh, segregation was good or we never beat up black people in history. Oh, Christopher Columbus found the United States. You know, just that's white fragility at its finest. Christopher Columbus is a he's just as bad as Hitler. And it's taught to us. Yeah, it's taught to us. Like, well, it was taught to us. I don't know if it's taught now, but even Christopher Columbus Day. Oh, don't even get me into that. That. Mm -mm. But white fragility is everywhere around us. It's in our everyday lives. Um, I was just reading an article about some war. No, I didn't read an article. Rubia Garcia. She's a she's a teacher in New Orleans, but she's like an internet teacher personality. She got this teacher life thing hashtag going on. Um, and I follow her on Facebook, and she posted this video. I think like last week or sometime. Talking about some warden or police chief or something like that. Talking about, um, uh, what was it? What was it? It was, it, she was talking, what was she talking about? I don't oh, know. I think it was like a warden or a police officer. And they was talking about prisons and how they can't let people who didn't have, people out of prison, even if they had a nonviolent offense because they're in there to um, like do work or something like that like clean cars or and she was just like that's white fragility like we need to stop that because now you talking about these people who didn't really do anything they probably got locked up for shoplifting or something but they in there for 10 years because they got caught three times and in the system is three strikes and you out if you black or minority and um you're talking about not letting them out because you want them to clean something for you. Like, that's slavery. That's modern-day slavery. And um, that's, like, understand that that's white fragility because now you, you're you dumbing down what it is to, um, you know, be an American in jail in America to slavery. Because if you in jail, you either white, I mean, you're either black, Hispanic. Them the two most I mean the black black men are the most or black people are the most highly locked up or incarcerated people in America. And then right behind it is is Hispanics. Um if I'm not mistaken. If I even if I'm not completely exact, I'm not far off. Uh so basically what um i'm saying is white fragility is a uh, very very it's very prevalent in our lives today and we see it in donald trump mm -hmm. every day you can find something on donald trump that is white fragility 
Probably every single day. Every single day, yes. Just go to his Twitter account. It, <laughs> yeah. Go straight to a Twitter account uh, because that's what he is. That's who he is. And what's your what's the quote you were telling me earlier? I don't, oh, all of, every white person. I don't know. You don't know. Hang on, let me You're find supposed it. To know this no, stuff. I, I got to find it. You're supposed to know this stuff. You're supposed to have this on cue. Have this on file. Ready to go. <laughs> you just playing over there. Sitting there all silent. You're going to talk more this the second half of the show. You said that five minutes ago. I know. you talking a little bit. you talking a little more. It's a process. Mm-hmm. But, um. White fragility. Uh, I like that. I can't find it. I thought you saved it. I mean, I have the article, but... Oh, wait. No. (laughs) Oh, white people in America act a lot like Donald Trump. We generally lack knowledge, but we always have an opinion. I read that part. I read that part. It's true. Not not, Not all white people. Majority. But not all. Some people... Some of them... Some some of them search for knowledge. Some of them have knowledge. Like the the white guy that or woman, I don't know if it's a guy or woman that write, wrote the article. But just like the white person that wrote, wrote the article. They search for knowledge. They got the knowledge. Now they're speaking with the knowledge. And that's all we need. Start the conversation. Continue this conversation. Under overstand the conversation. Not understand. Overstand the conversation. And just Let's come up with solutions. Let's come up with um, practices in which we put in practice in order to overcome, you know, these barriers that we have up that white America, white historic white America, historic white jealous America. No, historic jealous white America. That's a good one. (laughs) Have, um, you know, bestowed upon us because that's turned into... Instead of being so out there and so direct with it, it turned into white fragility. But so, no, go ahead. You about, say, you about to say something. Go ahead. White fragility makes it hard to start the conversation, though. At least in my experience, because when I try to talk to white people about stuff like racism, they're like, no, I don't want to talk about it. But the only people who will actually talk to me about it are people who are black. So. Are how you know because like when i did my video everybody was so welcoming like wanted to talk about talk about it but then i would tell white people what i was doing and they're like oh my gosh how are you doing that wait what you mean like how am i going up to people and asking them like straightforward questions about oh for your project yeah oh What'd you say? I'm interested. I said it's not it's not awkward like for me. That's all you said? Basically in a And what did they say? I could never that? do that. Nutshell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'm doing things with my hands now. <laughs> oh, I wish I could have seen that. I'm like, what is that? A nutshell? <laughs> Basically in a look like a bear claw. But I'm sorry, go ahead. What what did they say when you said it's not it's not hard for you? 
they just said they really enjoyed the video and like it was really cool that I did that, but they couldn't do it. And you just left it at that. That's white fragility. That's like a response to it, if that makes sense. Like that that was white fragility meeting white fragility. Cause you didn't know how to respond. Yeah. Because you didn't want to make I don't know. Anchors Bay can't relate. Like, I can't relate to them because I've got the knowledge and they're still, like, ignorant to it. So, why try to... That's where I'm at because if people aren't open to talking about it, they're they're not going to take you seriously anyway. Yeah, but when you do something like... Because the, the video was dope, which I need to still download it. It was like a whole downloading thing. Mm-hmm. I got you. I put the link in the bi- in the bio so you guys can see it. It's it's a dope. I was in there, <laughs> kinda, in a way. But no, um, you were you were in it. Yeah, I guess I was in, in it. it. Yeah, like Bennett. But um, no, it's Bennett and I ain't in it. Whatever. Um, th- th- I think to that since they opened the door to the conversation, you have to. That's your opportunity to start that conversation. Because now, since they came to you, it was like, well, how can you do that? Like, I feel like that's like, that was their call for help. Like, well, that's really, like, you didn't feel, like, weird when you did that? <laughs> like, how did you walk up to them? They, like, now they, they coming up to you. Not Mind you, they live, like, literally 20 minutes outside of the city of Rochester. Outside of the east side of Rochester at that at nas um that point it's like oh wow you asked them what the, what discrimination was why <laughs> can you walk up to them and ask them that or you asked them what was the one of one of them um what was another one that you asked um what has your personal experience been like and how has discrimination impacted you yeah so it's like wow you went up to them and asked them about their personal life Oh man! <laughs> like at that point, it's like they're they they've taken some type of interest because you've done something that maybe they want to do. I don't know. I'm not gonna say that they don't want to do it, but they just don't know how to approach it, or they don't have the guts to approach somebody of color because we're so scary to, <laughs> you know, like ask them about you know whatever they want to ask them about because maybe they feel like we would be if, if we would take offense to it, but to us we just talking like we just we are naturally giving people so um we tend to give more than we take and it's vice versa for white uh the the european population they tend to take more than they give historically historically speaking obviously but um that was your time to give and bestow your knowledge on them as much as possible even if it was like yo um, well, maybe we can meet up at this time and we I can kind of go run you through exactly how I built up the confidence to walk to this random black person or even the people that I know and actually them these kind of personal in-depth questions and have that conversation. Because um, even if you know somebody, mm-hmm. you can't it's not easy to go up to them and be like, yo. <laughs> what you've been up to like what you did in your life that you felt like you was discriminated against or um how would you discrim- discriminate against in your life because 
some people could take that as you being funny or you being for real or like what you mean dude since i'm black i look like i've been through something you know they can take it any type of way whether you know them or not so i think that that was your time and maybe it still is your time um to for the people that asked to basically kind of give them that that insight and that knowledge um your introspection on that particular yeah introspective insight <laughs> um you know on that particular situation and that particular topic because to for them to actually come to you and express their concern about how you did it is more than enough because they could have literally seen it and was like oh that don't got nothing to do with me and walk out the door or even like how the professor is like oh i don't think you should do that off right. campus and she was more uncomfortable well, with it and she's i don't i don't understand how you can be so educated but so uneducated it's crazy like the professor i would have thought that the professor whether it was a long process or not um just encourage you to shorten it um and generalize not even generalize but kind of simplify the goal in which you wanted to do it but encourage you to actually go and do it because that's something especially in this day and age that is needed to be done oh she loved the idea she she actually said like i think because you don't know how people react you should just do it on campus and that's why fragility and i'm like how do you know people on campus that's why fragility because she knows that if you ask somebody on campus you're gonna get that fragile response to those questions as opposed to a real life response Mm -hmm. somewhere else in the middle of the city right and i mean they're they're still black it doesn't take away from that but they're at nazareth college so like there's got to be some difference there than if i'm going and just asking random people i mean there could be some hood people in that yeah but but like but the the eyes of you finding that hood person as opposed to you just going in the hood and you got a whole bunch of hood people it's like you can't miss none of them i mean i'm not saying that you went to the hood and was like yo you ever ran into the police and police brutality? Like <laughs> Honestly, that, I would. I why not? <laughs> you would have been getting some numbers. That's what you would have been doing. Uh uh-uh. uh That's what they would have been asking you. Uh, what's your number? Oh, what's your yeah. name? <laughs> Where you go to school at? Done that. Where? Uncomfortable little smile. Yep, <laughs> walked away. <laughs> but you went. I ain't answered your question yet. Come back. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's that's. That that was that's white fragility as finest because you don't want to. She didn't want to rattle any feathers. She didn't want to make anything. She don't. She didn't want to make somebody uncomfortable with those questions. And that's exactly what you chose to do. So you did the opposite of white fragility, whatever that is. Um, black. I don't know. Non-white fragility. No, I can't say non-white. We gotta just like black identity extremists. I gotta. Mm. I'll figure it out. Wait, no, that doesn't. So, uh, so uh, in example, I'm gonna give another example for white virginity, so people could kind of put it into context, as opposed to just that one. So another example, the word diverse. So it, this is interesting. Uh, when I read it, they said the word diverse is basically what does diverse mean? Diverse basically means, um. Di- it's not it's a code for a person of color or women because where do you normally use diversity you use diversity um 
and let's say like uh rules for staffing work workers at a job um so workforce um for acceptance for students in colleges um and anything that's kind of like anything that's have to do with hiring or bringing people in so i thought it was interesting because they said diverse diverse is a code for a person of color or women which is true because when you say i have diversity in my workforce you're talking about i have black people and i have women in my workforce because women that historically again they weren't given the opportunity to work in high level executive uh positions um or work in general it was hard for women to find work so when they said that you know whatever mandated um companies to be diverse um like affirmative action that allowed people to because it used to be variety i think but now they switched to diverse like diversity it sounds good um i have a diverse workforce i don't okay this kind of threw me off because i don't think of diversity like that i mean i do i do in a sense but like so what do you i'm gonna find the actual excerpt but what do you tell me what you think of diversity as it depends on the situation like and it was a white woman that wrote it got like age diversity like i think like i even i even used this the other day i was like i have a diverse um group of kids in my group but i was talking about how i have fourth graders in my class and i have seventh and eighth graders in my class Oh yeah, wide so, range of a wide range of students in your group. Yeah, like I I don't think of diversity as just like strictly race. Well, like a diverse. Well, this in this particular um, example it was talking about diversity in hiring. So when you're talking about hiring, so the word diversity is re- uh, really common when people are talking about hiring. It started out as a neutral word meaning variety. That's supposed to, um, that's supposed to uh, describe a group, but somewhere along the way, people started referring to individual people as diverse. Like, we're looking for a diverse candidate for this role. So diverse is now code for person of color or woman. It's been really distorted and leaked to a dis- destructive binary Binary related to ability diversity is associated with lowering the bar. So diverse equals person of color woman equals low ability. So not diverse equals white man equals high ability. Oh, yeah, I remember that part. It actually put the equal. Yeah. So and it, it, it makes sense because when you, when you talk about the workforce and school, because we have to put school in there, I have a diverse... Um, campus of students i have a, a student body i have a diverse student body i have a di- diverse workload i hired a diverse i just heard hired a diverse group of people from orientation very diverse that means i have a couple black people in there <laughs> or hispanics or 
It's not a not whitewashed as last time or something like that. <laughs> that's all I got. That's what I got from that, and it really it made sense. Just like the um, white supremacy piece uh, when they broke it down, uh, things we call supreme, the most delicious desserts, uh, the most well well known and glamorous uh, Motown singers, the highest court in the land. Um, God, that's what they said. <laughs> like that was a thing, and I was thinking like, oh okay. Well, white supremacy, we normally think of it as, oh, white supremacy is white uh, people uh, basically being priority to everything. But why not be, why not make it white dominion uh, or dominion, white domination uh, or white oppressorship? I think white supremacy kind of it slides off the tongue a little better anyway. Um, But that's me. But it makes sense, though, because why not make it sound more actively negative as opposed to white supremacy? Ooh, white supremacy. White supremacist. That's, it sounds... It makes sense. White fragility makes sense. Uh, it just makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think? It makes sense. I think it makes sense. But I got something in my eye. Oh, my goodness. Here you go with the twitching. With the twitching. I think it makes sense, and... White fragility is everywhere, and I think we should just um, be mindful of it and attack it every time we see it because it's here, and um, it's going to be here. It's going to always be here. So we just have to kind of fight it when it comes because it's coming from all shapes and sizes. There's no black fragility. We say (laughs) it like it is. If you're a terrorist, you're a terrorist. There's no reason to say, oh, this white supremacist, oh, this mentally ill man who shot up a whole concert. Like, No, they want you to feel bad for him. Like, oh, let's justify the reason why he just shot up this church of all black um, churchgoers. Or let's justify the reason why he had a, a, a war ar- um, armory uh, in his hotel room. And he decided to open the window and shoot into a whole crowd with a semi-automatic weapon. And they're saying he just snapped. Snapped on what? <laughs> He'd been getting guns for how long? And you let him. Like, it's no... I just don't... I don't even... I don't give energy to stories like that because... It's just... It's annoying. And... um, It's frustrating. Because these people, they know what these people is, but they just continue to sugarcoat what these people are. They don't want to call them terrorists because that's what they are, the terrorists. They soon, soon, but if they look like they're um, they're a Muslim, or they're um, they derive from an Arab um, nation, they'd be quick quick to call them Muslim and connect them to ISIS. ISIS don't got nothing to do. They sit in a cave somewhere, sipping some tea. Or whatever they drink. Hot milk. They look like they drink hot milk with the milk mustaches. They're not and as soon as they see I don't know how they got T V, but they got T V and as soon as something happened, they cl- they claim ownership to it. Like that? Mm I ain't I ain't falling for it and I ain't buying it. I ain't falling for it and I ain't buying it. But yeah, that's that's what I um Black I I wanna I wanna re I wanna reapproach this uh topic. 
very very soon because I I need to do more research on black identity extremists. I want to see exactly what it is that I want to read some of the scholarly articles because I I feel like that'll be more um, reliable and it'll give me more clear clarity on what it is that a black extremist black identity extremist is and where the black identity part come from because if that I think black identity groups all of us into one group. And then you're putting extremists next to it. So if we identify as a pan-Africanist and we know who we are, which is our identity, then we can become an um, we can become an extremist. Because if you think about like some of the nation of Islam, um, in which they demand, uh, you know, their rights and stuff like that, um, I wonder if they would call Malcolm X a black identity extremist if he falls into the parameters of that. Um, because he was more of a violence first type guy as opposed to a um a Martin Luther King which was a peaceful type guy in the general sense. Um later on in his career he he changed it up a little bit, but I wonder if he or even uh Martin Luther King, I wonder if they fall under the black identity extremist thing because even MLK had a, had a point where he was like, you know, he peaceful. Want to stay peaceful, but if it goes somewhere else, it goes somewhere else. But we want to stay peaceful. We want to stay peaceful. Everybody got that breaking point, though. Everybody got that breaking point. Um, but I definitely want to revisit that because we talked about it briefly today. We was more talking about the white fragility and how prevalent it is in today's uh, society and how common it is and like you said every white person is what donald trump mm-hmm. basically um not me i'm donald trump not, not, donald not trump. you you <laughs> the black delegation um gladly welcomes you uh we'll trade you for somebody else i don't know what but the black delegation welcomes you i took, got off the phone with them right before we start the show oh okay yeah. cool so you good you good but um yeah Donald Trump is the definition of white virgility. If you don't know, please go and look up the article. It's from Huffington Post. Um, go and go and look it up, read it, comment on the show, and let us know what you think about um, white virgility and also the Black Identity Extremist movement that the FBI Counterterrorism Unit created at some point in time. It doesn't make sense, but who am I? I'm just a podcaster on Introspective Insight with a you know a brand that i'm trying to grow and i'm working in the inner city schools trying to influence lives um but we're definitely gonna re uh visit the black identity extremists and white fragility because we just need to again we are planning on starting our first annual kwanzaa celebration Seven days starting December 26, 2017 through January 1st, 2018 will be the first annual Kwanzaa celebration in which we celebrate Kwanzaa in all seven days. For all seven days, each day we will light a candle starting with Umoja, which means unity. That is the black candle and then we will go from left to right, lighting the candles for the rest of the days. Um, the sixth day we will have a feast. We don't know. If it's small, we're going to just cook like black family. 
you know, in the kitchen. We all cooking stuff. We're going to have some baked mac and cheese, some cornbread, <laughs> some black eyed peas, some greens, um, some sweet potato pie. Uh, we're going to have all that Kool-Aid. We got to have a Kool-Aid. I'll make some collard greens. Um, Make some collard greens. No, no, no. See, mm-hmm. let me mm-hmm. tell you something. What? Now, <laughs> you said you're going to make the collard greens. How you make your collard greens? What do you mean? How you make them? You look up the recipe that my Oh, no. My grandma no, no, gave no, no, me. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's my grandma's recipe. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, y'all. Y'all heard me. I was about to go in. Like, hold <laughs> not, on. We not, not just on Google. Oh, jeez. So, how she made them? Like. I don't know. I need. I got the recipe. She gave me all her recipes. Oh. She. Hmm. She's Italian. So, She's Italian. So she no, makes no, no. good food. I got you. The soul food. We gotta make some soul food greens. But I want to taste those. Okay. We make soul food greens. I'm gonna show you how to. We gonna show you how to make the soul food greens. And I'll show you how to make collard greens. The. The um Italian collard greens. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Italians made collard greens. They do. Oh, now I know. But yeah, we gonna have all that. The sweet <laughs> potato pie. The yams, the candy yams. Um, we're gonna have all that. That's gonna be the feast. We're gonna we're gonna live it up. We're gonna um kinda start to start the conversation for Black Wall Street for real, for real. And um we just we gonna make this shake. We're gonna make it shake. Kwanzaa celebration. Royal Flex the Brands. Royal Flex the Brands Kwanzaa Celebration. First annual. Um, December twenty sixth, two thousand seventeen. Through well, it's not this year is 2017 and then through january 1st 2018 but it's gonna just repeat every year and we're gonna get this we're gonna get this right hopefully it turns into like a big celebration thing in which we gonna. i feel like we're gonna have drum circles and we're gonna have um different things so for each we're thinking for each day we're gonna have a guest speaker um come in and kind of talk about the thing so like um Ujima collective work and responsibility uh you know have somebody come in and, and kind of talk about that it don't have to be somebody special um but Ujama um cooperative economics uh have somebody that's that's into economics or business come in and kind of talk about how we can help each other grow and even if you have things that you sell you can come in and we'll let you you know, kind of get your product out there, whatever that is, uh, because it's it's cooperative economics. So you, I help you, you help me, type thing. Um, <clears throat> that's what cooperative, oh, um, that's what cooperative economics is about. Ujama, um, and you know, just having fun. Uh, Kumba creativity, uh, some type of creative uh activity we can do with the kids and yourself, because we don't often release our creative energies uh when we get them um you know just the different things need a purpose we got to have a purpose for you know this for them the previous year and the year we moving into um and just purpose of self um a higher purpose of self and a higher purpose for the future um imani faith we got to have faith for uh ourselves we got to have faith for our, our family our friends and then our future um is self-determination what does self-determination mean um 
and how can we implement it in our everyday lives? Ojama. I think I said all of them. Yes, I did say all of them. <laughs> I just didn't say them in order, but I said them all of them. But we are going to have a Kwanzaa celebration uh, December 26th this year, 2017, to January 1st, 2018. Um, Might not be that big. You should make t-shirts for it. We may. We may have t-shirts. Um, But it's our first event. I'm excited. You should be excited. We all should be excited because I love Kwanzaa. It's better than manufactured Christmas. <laughs> and um it's it's the way it's the way to go. It's the way it's the way to end the year and bring in the new year. And it's just dope. It's dope. And we get to eat on the sixth day. <laughs> like feast. It's a feast. I like that. I'm I'm looking forward to that part. Um so with that being said, this is Royal Flex the Brand's Introspective Insight. I am King Dev Doe. And I am Hannah Kluxness. Oh, she got it that time. It wasn't like a big old pause. <laughs> and we are Introspective Insight. Um, again, Shannon with shenanigans cannot be here today to record the show, but that is fine. We just had a little brief discussion on black identity extremists and white fragility. We will revisit the topic at a later date but right now this is just touching the surface it's kind of talking about it at, at its surface not getting really into depth about it um but yes that's what it is that's what we are and that's what we do peace love and all that good stuff you already know who i am you already know that is hannah clutchness i am king dev though and we are oh wait we're not out yet <laughs> bring another set of ears for next week's show um now we out Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, introspect. Uh, uh, tip inside. Hope you come back next week.